Oh no, she shouldn't have bangs. Producer Mac Boyle. Hey guys, welcome back to Disorganized, Your Criminal Minds podcast. I'm Z. I'm Laura. And I'm Eris. Uh, and today we're going to talk about season five, our favorite and least favorite episodes for our part one of our two-part episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like we usually do. You guys know. You know the drill. Yeah. And if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, Why are you hi. starting in season five? Yeah, we're yeah. like a whole season one. Back season, you up. Season three is much better. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've, I've listened to these episodes. They're pretty good. You, you should listen to them, too. In order. <laughs> As God intended. <laughs> what is everybody's favorite episode? Okay, I episodes. Actually, I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump right in because yeah. uh, I've been like holding on to this for a couple weeks now. <laughs> yeah, I I keep thinking about Mosley Lane. Yes, yes bitch. Yes, yes. <laughs> did you just call me bitch? <laughs> it's my favorite episode. Yes. This one and Ride know. the Lightning are mm. the best episodes. Really, I think. like it's yes. that high for mm. you? Wow. All right. It's the first episode Matthew Gray Googler ever directed, so, oh. you know, special oh, place in my heart. Oh, the Googler man. <laughs> also, it was the episode that made my parents stop watching this the show with me. So. <laughs> this one was so good! <laughs> yeah, it was, it's a rough yeah. one, though. That last line where he's like, he was alive yesterday! Gets me every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, I just, but I really like, so, so one of the things I was thinking about, I, I watch a lot of procedural cop shows, which is wild to me that I've never watched Criminal Minds because like the procedural cop show but like whatever okay Mm. anyway a lot of them will do episodes that get vaguely like Castle did an episode where the psychic predicted her own murder I know Mm. uh NCIS has done similar things Law and Order has done like whole like oh what if it was God the whole time you know kind of thing Criminal Minds has done approach this a little bit with the one episode with like the right. kidnapped babysitter or something like, like that. The nanny, yeah. The, yeah, the nanny. But they tend to really keep it close to we are scientists, agents, we're psychologists, you know, kind of thing. And and I feel like the speech at the end of Mosley Lane really hits hard because it's like because Reed straight up says like I'm a scientist. I put my faith in numbers. And I know that the statistical probability of this ever happening was very rare. Yeah. But because the mom didn't give up and because that she apparently put enough of an impression on her son at eight years old that he was able to do the right thing and like keep everything he did was to survive and had tried to keep people alive mm-hmm. as much as he could. Like that is the miracle. And I really like that kind of storytelling of yeah what our jobs suck because most of the time we find the body and arrest the guy that's our goal we don't usually find children alive is Mm. essentially you know what it is and it's just like and the fact that like this is the miracle is the fact that like people had faith in each other Mm. kind of thing um anyway so and i love that it wasn't the typical like a child got kidnapped at a young age and's been brainwashed and is, you know, just mm-hmm. doing stuff and now they're helping out this family and right. they're doing the murders and they're whatever. But like, mm-hmm. literally, this kid from eight years old is like, and because he tells tells his mom or tells somebody at the end that yeah. like, no, like it's because we wanted to come home, we wanted to come yeah. back to our parents. That yeah. kept us sane, even though it's like 
several years later. And, like, I love that it, because even Rossi was like, oh, well, he's probably just helping them kidnap these kids because he's been brainwashed. Yeah, he literally says Stockholm Syndrome, which I'm like, like, (laughs) spoiler alert, that's not a real thing. (laughs) But, like, he goes into that, like, oh, I guess this is what happened. And and then, like, this 14, 15, 16-year-old kid is like, no, that's not at all what happened. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you get the idea of, and I don't even remember, I think the kid's name was Charlie. He's Mm. always going to yeah. be the guy from um, American Horror Story. American Horror yeah. Story. Yeah, he's always going to be weird leather suit kid. You can really tell when they jump from the plot from like away from the agents to like what are the kids doing now? Mm-hmm. Like how are they are they going to escape? So much of his stuff is just a series of choices of like I'm trying to do the best for everybody that I can, you know, like, because he's like, these two adults have already proven that they will beat me to death. I'm just doing what I can to to try to, like, help these kids through the day. And, like, sometimes that means I have to help them. And sometimes that means I have to work with the kidnappers. Like, I can't just, it's like the whole pick your hill that you're going to die on. And he really fucking picked his hill. (laughs) And I like the the juxtaposition of it where you're not sure why he's doing it. Mm -hmm. It makes sense at the end, but in the beginning, he's like, He's renaming the kids and he, but he asks them, what is your name? It's because he wants them to remember what their name is. Like, talk about what your name was so you don't forget it. But while you're here, they're going to call you this. Yes. I'm, it's kind of like he's introducing them to that in a safer way than if the adults just come in and start saying stuff. It's like he's keeping them sane. Yeah. And then at the very end, when he's telling that other set of parents, like, he thought what they needed to hear was like he died saving this little girl and yeah. instead they were like they latched immediately onto wait he was alive yesterday like it right. was like but he was trying to like be like no no, no we were helping each other out and he's yeah. a hero yeah exactly see I picked up that which is like man that kid was a hero he, mm-hmm. he did die trying to protect that girl there's also so many like recognizable people in this episode, so mm-hmm. I like that. Got Ann Cusack. We got the girl who was kidnapped in Silence of the Lambs. Was one of the moms, the, okay. the girl's mom from the beginning. Yeah, that she was, was the senator's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I thought she looked familiar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then the the kidnapper lady's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I recognize the kidnapper. In fact, I was just like, is that another American Horror Story lady? <laughs> <laughs> I was. She had that kind. Of, it was probably more the 1950s dress. <laughs> that like kind of cued me in on it, but I was like, oh, they could have been. Maybe like, they just went to. The, they just walked over to the set, and they were just like, hey, can we borrow you for a second? <laughs> we need it. We need another part. We need some people. We need some people. We need some day players. <laughs> Z, sorry, yes. we, we talked a lot about Monster. Nope, I, I was along for the ride. <laughs> Is that your only favorite one? There was a lot that I really liked. There was a lot in this season that were, they were good. They were all, so when I say that I was kind of blah about them, I don't mean blah like in a general sense of like when I'm watching other TV shows that I find not enjoyable. Criminal Minds is very high on the tier list. It it really is. But there were some episodes that were a lot blah that were kind of like, okay, that sure did happen. Yeah. And I can almost, I can't, I, I can barely even tell you what they were because they were just sort of like, eh. Only had like one like really least favorite episode, mm-hmm. which was Retaliation, which is the one where the, the convict, like the, he's released and then he goes on a murder and a kidnapping spree and we never find out what the reasons are, but he was a bank robber and then he hits Emily's car and like. Right. But he doesn't have any motivations. I gave it a two and a half because I was like, it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah. A little bit because. I really liked the Prentice bits, and that was basically it. And then, like, once she didn't have a concussion anymore, I was like, aw. 
Okay. The, the only interesting thing, this is kind of mean, the only interesting thing about this episode is the fact that it's the one where Thomas Gibson got sentenced to eight hours of anger management for kicking the assistant director. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> I need more context, actually. Wait, what happened in the show or, like, behind the scenes? Behind the scenes. What? So there's a, there's a part of that episode where Thomas Gibson is supposed to, like, drive a... a Oops. Aaron Hotchner. Hotchner. Okay. Um, is supposed to drive a vehicle across a bridge very quickly. It was late at night. They were doing it. And he decided that there was some kind of safety issue. I don't know if there was. I don't know what the safety issue was. Just that he raised a concern there was a safety issue. And he came out of the car yelling. And then the assistant director were like kind of, they approached one another. They were both yelling. And then um, Thomas Gibson shoved him with both hands. Okay. And he got sentenced to eight hours of um, anger management. <laughs> because okay. of it by the and show. so it begins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's the only interesting thing about this episode. <laughs> very, very in character, you know, very mm. method acting. Because I'm mm. like, I think that's something Hotchner would have done. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. good for him. Kind of, I say, with a big question mark in my voice. Yeah. <laughs> nah, turns out he's not a good dude. <laughs> my favorite episodes were Mosley Lane and um, 100. <laughs> Which is, cool. I mean, it was it was it was a good episode, but I am still processing my feelings. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm almost done. It's, I mean, I'm about the last ninety eight percent of that. Yeah, uh, meter. It's it's a good one, but it's, yeah, it was really good. It was the hundredth um, episode of the series, which is why it's named a hundred. Obviously. Ah, I was actually wondering because I really didn't understand the context of like, mm-hmm. was this his hundredth victim? I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. The meter is yeah. like prolific, but I feel like they would have like really. Harp that up. Yeah. No, it was just the hundredth episode. Okay. But um and then the the writer is credited as Bo Crease and it's the it's a pseudonym acronym for the writers who worked on the script, which were writers that had worked um uh, on the series since the beginning. Oh, like the original crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I did like one. the device in that episode where they basically tell the story but through the other characters. You don't yeah. actually mm-hmm. catch up to what really happened until like the very mm. end. Yes. Like every, you know, it's just them retelling what they thought and then of course Reed gets in there. Yeah, except that my memory's flawless and so I yeah. can tell you what happened. Here's what happened. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah, because the, very, the opening is like the camera is it's one of the traveling cameras, so you're like you are the person. So you're like, is it who am I? Who who is the camera right now? <laughs> yeah. I forget who it was. It's Whoever so like the, was the last one interviewed, it was like, and they're like, and what happens next? And like nobody knows. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they didn't know. Like they weren't there. Yeah, yeah. I think we can take our commercial break here, and then when we get back, we want to hear your. Laura's favorites and least favorites. Yeah. 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 Commercial. And now it's Reedsplaining with Harris. Woo! So... The engineer behind the abort guidance system, which helped save the crew of Apollo 13, was created by Judith Love Cohen. She managed to finish this problem by taking a printout with her to the hospital as she was going into labor. She then later called her boss to tell him that she had finished the problem, gotten the math straightened out to create the guidance system, which would then help the crew of Apollo 13, famously, the, the, the one where everything goes wrong. And also, during that speech to her boss, she told him, oh yeah, I've given birth to actor Jack Black. <laughs> well, future actor. <laughs> no, she just knew. This is actor Jack Black. 
Jack Black's mom is Judith Love Cohen, who <laughs> saved Apollo 13. You were going to call her Jennifer Love Hewitt at first, weren't you? <laughs> a little bit. I was like, Judith Love Cohen. <laughs> I got that right. It's the middle name Love, which I love. I do. It's real cute. <laughs> but yeah, that's Jack Black's mom. That's Reese lady with me. <laughs> <laughs> my new like thanks for coming to my TED talk <laughs> if you enjoyed this show you might also enjoy our other shows on partyapocalypse.com as the myth turns the fourth wall and friendables in their entirety you can also stream new episodes of Cabin in the Woods with friends of the show Donna Kenzie and producer Mac Boyle hey Mac Boyle <laughs> and the holodeck is broken also with producer Mac Boyle hey Mac Boyle I got nothing <laughs> <laughs> I always you always find a way to pair them, and I just, I love it. <laughs> okay. Back to the episode. Okay, Laura. Favorites <laughs> and least favorites. Okay. Oh, both? Yes. I really like Mosley Lane. I also really like The Uncanny Valley. Mm. Um, yeah. Not for its content, necessarily, but... Um, Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> they might be solely because Jonathan Frakes is in that episode, which adds to my theory of why do so many, like, seemingly, like, nice people and just, like, high-name people totally willing to play child molesters in shows like this. Yeah. Don't understand why, yeah. but it, it always happens. Like, the there's always, like, a really recognizable person that, like, uh-huh. plays the really bad guy. But I also really like Exit Wounds, which was episode 21 with the small town in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, I, I noticed when I when I really like an episode, a lot of the times it's more character-driven than mm-hmm. plot-driven for mm-hmm. why I like it. So, like, in Uncanny Valley, there's this girl who turns out had been molested and abused and all of that, right. who was kidnapping women and turning them into her, like, own personal dolls and, like, yeah. paralyzing them and posing them and dressing right. them and, and all of that. Murder wasn't the point of that right. one, which I liked. She yes. wanted the doll, just some of them died in the process. Exactly. There's a whole thing, there's a whole reason behind it, but... Reed got a chance to shine in that episode. He, like, knocks it out of the park, and, like, what I wrote is, like, he's just, like, this calm, cool hero mode. Like, he just, like, like, he has a swagger in this episode, and he just, like, saunters in and Mm -hmm. was, like, with the girl and, like, come on, you know, we understand. And, you know, like, he was just... And even when he's talking to Jonathan Frakes about what happened, he's like, this is what you did. You should confront what you did. I know what you did. And, like, he's just, like, in it. So, yeah. So, Reed Reed gets this, like, weird hero moment in that episode for me. I think what's really interesting about, like, the progression of Reed's de-escalation is that when the first time we really get to see him, like, full de-escalate by himself is that episode with the guy that played Jasper from Twilight. Mm. Uh, Jackson Rathbone, I think is his name, and he um, has, like, the split personality that's the the woman. Spring Break. They're on Spring Break. He fails so hard in that episode because Mm. the the female split personality is, like, going hard. And he he never gets to really de-escalate her, and we never revisit that. We never figure out how that like hammers out but we get to see reed like really flourish in other episodes mm. uh-huh. like this and there's another the cinderella one is the one i'm thinking of mm. it's like four or five more seasons ahead when we oh. get there I'll remind okay you. i was yeah, like yeah. what cinderella yeah, yeah. Yeah. i know i watched all of them you can't do this to me <laughs> Uh, I think for Exit Wounds, my thing was, like, Garcia. Like, first, that episode starts out with all the ladies, like, shopping mm-hmm. and getting coffee. Yes. And that's just adorable. And then, because 
it's a small town in Alaska or other reasons, we have to take Garcia with us this time for the right. adventure. And she befriends this kid who's, like, the first suspect that they have. Right. But, like, she's instantly like, no, he couldn't have done it. And, like, mm. she's, like, instantly defending him. He's like, no, you guys don't understand. He could have killed me and he didn't do it. She's, she's, she's in it to, like, make sure that, like, they're solving this correctly. Mm-hmm. But also there's that great little, there's great little moments in there where she like calls dibs on Derek to share a room. And then yes. she's telling her boyfriend and he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, he took the floor. It's totally fine. But then at the end of the episode, they're both like, I kind of love you. And it's like, I kind of love you too. I'm like, oh, they kind of love each other. Yeah, That's my I love that too. <laughs> like, they, they have this like beautiful little weird friendship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I love it. And so that's why I think I love that episode. <laughs> I, one of the, I love that episode too. I, it's such a good one, but especially because there's a couple of things like in the very beginning when they're shopping, Prentice is like, I think I should get a cat. And then she's going to get Sergio here in a couple of episodes. (laughs) And then, um, this, this episode spawned a lot of fan fiction because, because if you think about it, if, if Penelope and Derek shared a room and there were four rooms, Mm -hmm. that means that Rossi probably ended up in one. With Hoshner, maybe. Or Hoshner ended up with Reed. And then, of course, Gemma Lee. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Lots lots of things we did not dive into with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if anybody was going to get their own room, it would be Rossi. Because he's the seasoned guy, you know? So, of course, of course, Hodgner and Reed would end up in a room together. Not because I have ulterior motives of any kind. (laughs) It makes sense. (laughs) See, I was actually thinking, like, Hodgner going, like, I call bereavement? I get, like, And then, 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 then Rossi's like... That's fair. All right, Spence. <laughs> so he's like, you're not allowed to call me Spence. You haven't heard me yet. <laughs> I think you also asked me for my least favorites. Yeah, what are your okay. least favorites? Yeah, I agree with retaliation. Literally, my notes were like, meh. But there's a few episodes in this season that are kind of just meh and forgettable to me. Mm-hmm. But I think the one that I really didn't like was the fight. Because it's a backdoor pilot for another show. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because suddenly okay. you're giving me a whole nother crew of people, you're telling me that I should care about them, but then you're reducing the role of the people that I do care about in the episode, yeah. and I just, like, anytime a show does a backdoor pilot, it just, it, it instantly turns me off, so yeah. I'm just like, nope, I don't need to watch this, yeah. and I really didn't pay attention to it, so I don't remember, even remember what happened in that episode, except yeah, they I were think... fighting in a empty swimming pool or something, I don't know. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> Was it crazy like a fight dad. club kind of thing? My, it's a my, crazy, my summary? fight club. Yeah. My summary says, a man who lost his daughter after going to prison makes fathers fight to the death to prove that any man would do what he did to protect his daughter. Mm. Another BAU team gets in on the hunt to work a second angle on the profile that leads to the unsub's discovery. Yeah, but yeah. I'm also like, the second team and mm-hmm. that... Sh- I looked it up. That show only lasted like a year. Yeah. Um, but... It wasn't different enough from what this team, what our team already does. Right. So I'm like, why are they here? Yeah. And, yeah. So and it wasn't, it wasn't done well either. No. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was a good backdoor pilot for a, a show that we don't care about because we like these characters too much. It was just a poorly done backdoor pilot. Yeah. It just wasn't pilot. very good. And there's nothing was, like, I love Forrest Whitaker as a what? actor and yeah. that was like fun. I just feel like his role was fine, but like everyone else on his crew was utterly forgettable to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There there was a vibe of, like, the writer slash director or whoever, producers maybe, I don't know, were approaching this the same way as, like, an out-of-touch adult would be like, the youths love Gumby, obviously. <laughs> like, why wouldn't they love Gumby? Yeah. And so they 
pick something that they're like, I'm telling you that you're going to like this. Mm-hmm. And then they proceed from there. Of Like, they act like, well, you already are going to like this. It's this new show. Obviously, <laughs> we heard you like Criminal Minds. Wouldn't you like more Criminal Minds for you? Criminal Minds, I got you some more <laughs> Criminal Minds. And it's like, but I don't know who these people are. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I really like the Force, Force Whitaker character. I like that he's sort of this rogue guy and like Watchner had to lend him an air of like credibility with uh, Aaron Aaron Strauss. Yes, thank you. Um, So I like that angle. So if it was just about him and then later he got his own show, it might have been better. Exactly. If they had just kept it to him, Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a much stronger episode. But instead they put a lot of camera time on people who were forgettable. Yeah, like yeah. I couldn't tell you their names. The fact that they had to subtitle dude, all of their names and what the they do. Prophet like, was oh. one guy. I remember that he had a dumb nickname. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Irish man who apparently is not at all angered by constantly being called a Brit, um, <laughs> which I would be. I would be infuriated. And then I guess there was like two others. It was the blonde girl that was yeah. Gem- Gemily if she was one person? <laughs> right, right, yeah. The daughter they never had. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one more person. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't ever watch. So this I spin. literally, I was just like, I've lost interest, and I think I just stopped watching. Like yeah. it was obviously playing in the background, but I was no, like, I don't sure. care what's happening. Yeah. I, the only it was thing a poorly I, done advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I love about that episode, though, is that it's another instance where Emily gets to flirt with the guy that thinks he's really suave. Mm. And I was talking to my boy Haley about this, and she was like, that's such a lesbian move. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's true. Yeah. It's true. Patrick Brewster, we don't deserve you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that one. There was one that I liked, but only for the one moment in it, really. Mm-hmm. The overall episode is bleh, which is the choking one. Um, Might need to be more specific. I think there was a few. No, the kids the choking kids themselves. Choking oh, that choking, one. Okay. The choking okay. game. Because there's the one later on with the guy who's like the home invasion and he's taping himself choking the women. Oh, yeah. That yeah. one I actually thought was kind of, it, that was interesting from like a plot perspective. Um, but that's, but the, the, but the kids, kids choking the game one, one. yeah. Where, Risky business. Risky business, yeah. Where where Penelope Garcia is the one who ends up having to like get through to the kid, and they're like, "Oh, look, a computer geek, also known as a teenager. You're kind of goth. Go talk to him." And then yeah. she's like, "I don't know what I'm doing." And like that look of fear is one that I know so well because I also work with kids, and they're like, "You can do it. They're just kids." And I'm like, "What?" Yeah. And then you go into a room, and you're like. I like Pokemon. What do you like? And then it turns out that's all they needed to hear. And so, like, yeah, she does the same thing. Look of fear. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not trained for this. I don't have, like, I am a computer hacker. I'm supposed to talk to, like, hey, can I like your earring? Oh, we're actually having a conversation. Okay, this is going so well. Okay, great. And then, oh, you gave me something I can use. And then your dad lawyered up and taking you away. Okay, bye. And I'm like, that's my every day at work. <laughs> you interrogate children. <laughs> Listen, there is some <laughs> eerily similar overlap <laughs> between literally my day at work and that scene. There is a lot of like, I need to get this child to read. I need to interrogate them. First, isolate the child. <laughs> Compliment them on whatever inane thing they're wearing. That's why my mom never let me go to the library as a kid. <laughs> Someone to try to relate to you. <laughs> turn 
you against her. Obviously, that's what the library is for. Welcome to my teen army. I think in that one, I, I, I got a little annoyed with this, like, shoved-in plot line about J.J.'s sister. Because mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. it just felt like it was inserted for no reason. Yeah. Because let me ask you this question. So, let's say you had a sister mm-hmm. who died by suicide when you were younger. It was very traumatizing for you. And you've got this necklace that your sister gave you. You don't really wear it, but you have it. Why do you keep it in a box at work? <laughs> because she gets the call about what's happening and she immediately pulls out a box out of her desk and puts on this necklace and I'm like why are you keeping your sister's locket in your desk drawer at work like that's yeah. not where I keep my sentimental pieces of jewelry no for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah and then then you sit here and you you touch it while you're contemplating oh my gosh this is just like my life it's like <laughs> this is just like I've never mentioned this before but I didn't even know I had a sister until this week's script yeah yeah though (laughs) I just I just checked what we know about JJ yeah Yeah. (laughs) listen I've seen TV before (laughs) yeah but, but the thing is, is that necklace does come back to play later in another plot They line. have been good about bringing stuff mm-hmm. back once they bring it up. They're just not really good at peppering and foreshadowing. Yeah. It's, if it's, they had the necklace from last chill. season, <laughs> yeah. I would, like, even if they didn't introduce JJ with the necklace, if they had put the necklace on her the first episode of this season, I would have let it slide. I'd have been like, no, oh, that's what the necklace is for. <laughs> Teehee. Like. But I would have liked it better if, like, let's say they're like, okay, wheels up in 20 and she, like, stops by her house before she goes to the jet and mm. then like, she, make like, it grabs the necklace from her yeah. house. Can you and give me 10 extra minutes? Yeah. Like, fine. Wheels yeah. Up in 30. I'll see you guys there. And, you know, and then, she, you know, even have Will pop in and be like, hey, are you okay? Right. Like, yeah. mm, got a case. Reminds me of. Blah, blah, blah. Like, something. Remember how like, I told you about my sister, but in a private <laughs> moment, off camera? Right. I would have accepted that as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just it's just a weird little uh, shoving in of something that just didn't exist before. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, as you know, we're best friends. It's, I, yeah. And it's very obvious that she's very stricken by something. And mm-hmm. I was like... Everyone should have noticed this. Why was it hot who noticed it? Like, are you okay? Right. How does this case relate to your life? <laughs> yeah. Which they've done stuff like that before where the entire team was like, I was waiting for them to right. figure it out. You know? You've got a team of profilers and nobody yeah. but Hotch realized that JJ was keeping a secret from you. I mean, yeah. they literally did that with the whole JJ's pregnant thing. They're like, Reed should have been the first one to be like, JJ, what's going on with you? Yeah. 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 Because he's he's the one who's not subtle. (laughs) Because he'll be like, oh, something's happening emotionally. I'll ask them. I'm like, this is why I love you, Reed. (laughs) I have a question, if I may. And we can save this for the next episode, maybe? Yeah. I am curious if the actor, Matthew Gray Goobler, actually hurt himself while filming this season. And that could be a spoiler alert for the next episode if we yeah. want it to be. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to need more okay. on that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That no TV character is in crutches as long as he was right? for half of this season. Oh, I've seen people get blown <laughs> up and be perfectly fine the exactly. after the commercial break. We don't harp on the crutches unless the actor was actually injured. So. Mm-hmm. Well, let's discuss that later. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. So we're going to wrap up this episode. Come back for part two. Woo!